the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show, heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com. And please go to our website, rescuersradioshow.org, where you can uh, hear all the shows on podcast once they air on Faith Talk Radio. As this is a listener-guided show, you can also find a way to donate if you wish uh, through the website. And uh, really excited about my next guest. Uh, Travis Turner is the main campus pastor at Arizona Christian University, or ACU, more commonly known. Travis, how are you? Um, it's a pleasure to be with you, Art. Thanks for having me. <laughs> oh, this is a blessing, uh, an honor for me. And uh, before we look down into your fascinating and calling, uh, calling and works, um, please allow our worldwide audience get to know you. So, how did how did you grow up, and how did you get to this place in, in your life? Wow, that's a very <laughs> long story. <laughs> well, t- I'll tell you when it's enough. You know, well, I got to tell you, I'm learning to just give up control of my life. You know, I read a, a proverb again the other day and just constant reminder, how can a man know his steps when God is directing his ways? Mm-hmm. And it's so true. And I can, I can look back over the last 35 years and go 36 years, 40 years and go, man, the Lord has just continually guided and directed me most of the time without me even realizing it, you know? And so, um, started out in Denver, Colorado, uh, moved to Western Nebraska. I love playing football. Uh, walked on at the University of Nebraska as a quarterback with a hundred other guys. And if you've ever <laughs> seen the movie, if you ever seen the movie Rudy, well, that was I kind of got a chance to live that. Really, I walked on with another hundred guys. Ended up earning um, a starting spot as a starting quarterback back in the eighties. Um, just was an, an incredible journey. Um, asked Jesus to. Yeah, re- I must have got saved. I don't know how many times. I don't know that there's a limit <laughs> on getting saved, but. Seems like I kept going forward. You know, when people said, you know, so I kept signing up for Jesus, and uh, and eventually, I think it, you know, the the spirit of God started resonating more and more with me, especially in college. And uh, you know, there were some major pivots in my life, and uh, I met a girl who changed my life, honestly, and uh, was you know one of those true love stories in college. We got mm-hmm. married right before my senior year. Um, we ended up uh, coming out to the Fiesta Bowl in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, and I had knee surgery right before the game, so we got to know a lot of people involved in ministry. Uh. 
Well, I was real, always really good um, in front of people, able to talk, able to speak, do those kind of things in ministry. But the thing I really wasn't good at art was really caring for the spirit of those around me. I don't think I totally understood the impact that um, I could have on anybody, let alone my wife. And uh, honestly, I wasn't a very good husband. Um, a year after getting married, we have our first child. Um, and I was telling the story the other day. It's very embarrassing. So I was a graduate assistant coach. It's August of 1986. Our daughter's born. My mom came to town for when our daughter got born. And we had practice, so I basically let my mom drive my wife and new baby home. And um, that's that's a basic illustration of how uh, unaware and disconnected and um, not very good husband and father. And so the Lord knew exactly what I needed and uh, sent us to Phoenix, Arizona, because I needed to be discipled and helped and um, brought us here to be in full-time ministry, which we started in 1987. And within two years, um, basically, our relationship got so bad, Carol left and took now our two kids um, to another state. I didn't even know where she was. Oh and it was my great wake-up call yeah. um, to, okay, I cannot be saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Spirit, and have my wife leave me. Um, so I had to reevaluate my Christianity. I had to walk away from the ministry and basically reboot my life. And uh, I got a, a meet a Jesus that I was really unfamiliar with, a Jesus that loved me unconditionally, that was there for me, that didn't need me to perform, didn't need me to speak. Um, just, you know, I always wanted to do a work for God. Yep. Um, I thought, you know, I was a God first round draft pick when we moved to Arizona, you know, the NFL didn't want me, but Jesus did. <laughs> you know, I, wanted to, I wanted to do a work for God. I like but that. God, God <laughs> simply wanted to do a work in me. And as he would do the work in me, then he could do the work through me. But if he wasn't doing the work in me, I was there was nothing to give. And and everything art starts at home. Yeah. Everything when it comes to godliness begins at home. You know, I think that's part of the struggle we have right now in our in our culture is we're more worried about external works rather than internal works. What's happening in our four walls? Mm -hmm. And we're losing credibility in the church because of our incredible divorce rate within the Christian community. And I was going to be another stat, but God surrounded me with people that uh, were helping me, discipling me, giving me uh, instruction on how to, to live with my wife in an understanding way, quite frankly, because I didn't understand her. And Scripture requires that. And so we spent uh, several years rebuilding our relationship and getting back on firmer ground and um, God took us through a multitude of different things. And we started telling our story and started helping other couples. And so oh, that was, that's been the... sort of the trajectory over the last 30 some odd years, 35 years, really. Where were you yeah, when 30, I needed 30 you? years. Ah. <laughs> uh, Someday I'll have a coffee with you and I'll let you know you my go. backstory. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so 30 years of, you know, I was 47 family ministry. Okay. I was 47, 47 when I came to Christ. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. So one turn leads to another, you know, over the last 30 years, God's been gracious to us and led us in many different directions in terms of being able to tell our story. Um, and two years ago, um, I, the president of Arizona Christian University is one of my very best friends. Mm. We've been meeting for breakfast for 25 years. Nice. Uh, we homeschooled our kids together and, uh, he calls me, he's on sabbatical two summers ago and says, Hey, you know, we lost our, you know, Dean of students our Dean, our director of residence life, our campus pastor. I don't know what, we need some help. Do you have any time? And I had just left serving at a church 
Um, but that's a whole nother story. Um, and, and I said, yeah, I said, I do have some time. And next thing you know, I'm the campus pastor and probably the best story I can tell you was my first day on campus, literally my first day. I hadn't even signed a contract. They didn't even posted the job. I was just told we need you. I'm like, great. I love this. So I'm handing water out to incoming freshmen and their parents as they're signing in for their first day on campus. And I had a woman come out of the room, say, Travis Turner, what are you doing here? And her name was Nicole Aguilera. And her and her husband, Michael, were in our my wife and I's very first newly and nearly wed class 20 years ago. Oh, my gosh. That we taught. <laughs> and they had moved away to Washington and they were sending their son to ACU to be a wrestler. And so it was like this amazing reunion. She goes, well, I know why we're sending Michael here. And I said, no, or their son, Anthony. I said, no, I know why I'm here. And I, those uh, holy encounters like that have happened to me literally every single day mm. on campus ever since. That's amazing. And so I get to be the campus pastor now, and I have a campus full of young people that are trying to figure out relationships. I have couples in here almost every day working on their relationships. We do a lot of events at our home. So we, we actually do weddings. And so, uh, we're, we're getting to do what God has trained us to do. You know, scripture talks about that we are created in Christ to do good works in which he's created in advance for us to do. Well, I really believe that this position here at ACU was created in advance for me. Um, I've never had so much fun or so much joy just getting to work every day. That's not work. <laughs> I just I get to come here and I get to run into kids. I get to love on them and encourage them. And I, I get to have these holy moments every single day. Say for our listeners. So that was fast. <laughs> <laughs> that was deep, too. So, uh, yeah, sorry. You, you accomplished both of those. So, uh, to, to our, our audience, if you're late coming into the uh, Rescuers Radio Show, uh, this episode, my, my guest is Travis Turner, main campus pastor at Arizona Christian University or ACU. Um, so, you're singular, you're, you have the whole job, right? Um, well, we actually, you know, we're you're a, a busy guy. Pastors, there's pastors everywhere. Yeah. Honestly, uh, most of our professors are pastors. Oh, good. Or they're lay pastors. We have a chaplain in our sports teams named Randy Chambers, who is one. He's also the chaplain for the Carolina Panthers. So um, he operates oh. at a uh, at a high level. Nice. We have most of our professors are pastors. You know, so I feel like this is a training ground. It's like we're the Green Beret. We're SEAL Team Jesus <laughs> here at ACU. I love it. Um, and so it's a training ground. So I'm just one of many guys who are have the opportunity to engage with these these amazing young people that um, honestly, each and every week, they just blow me away with mm. how God works in and through them. And so I'm just kind of hanging on for the ride because they're teaching me more than I'm, I'm sure that I'm giving. Yeah. So, uh, well, it's good to know that the ministry is, is as broad and, and deep as it is. Of course, it's a Christian university, but, uh, as a, as a campus pastor, uh, that title leads, uh, to believe that you have your hands full every day. So, uh, kind of guide us through the average day, you know, and even though a Christian campus students still have worldly distractions, correct? Oh boy. And you're helping them oh, deal absolutely. with those things. Yeah. It's nice because they do, we have a bit of a bubble here on campus yeah. and that 
it's a covenantal school. So all of the kids sign a statement and declaration of faith that they believe in Christ, that they've accepted Christ as their savior. Now, all of us are in different spaces on that journey, right? Yes. So, um, and we have varying degrees of theology and doctrine on campus. We have Catholics to Pentecostals. Oh. So we've got quite the variety, which yeah. is really fun. It's yeah. just, it's amazing uh, what we have here on campus. And yes, there are, uh, many of them are athletes, so they're competing in their sport. A lot of them have jobs outside of campus. All of them, you know, are going to school. And every one of our kids gets a Bible minor. So they're all getting uh, biblical perspectives um, and opportunity to grow in that way. We have two chapels a week. So I, I just got out of chapel recently. One of our professors spoke and just an extraordinary message, really, of God's love. So many things come back to the sim simplicity, and we constantly need reminders of who we are in Christ, who, how Jesus really views us. And yeah. so it's always fun to see how that works. Now, here's the fun thing. Last year, uh, I started seeing God working in these kids in ways that I thought was extraordinary. And we have two chapels on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and uh, our worship is entirely student-led. And so I thought, you know, why not have the kids run one of the chapel services? Oh, that's great. So I, I started throwing the idea out, and I didn't get too many objections to it. And so I uh, picked a student chapel leader, and uh, this year he put together, he had his own committee. And before the year was out last year, he had already put his committee together and decided what he wanted to do. They wanted to go through the book of Matthew. And so the whole first semester we went on Tuesdays, we went line by line through the Sermon on the Mount. Oh, my gosh. And and the kids doing all the teaching. How awesome is that? And so the kids would meet with a professor and work through their sermon. And I'm telling you, the kids just knocked it out of the park. And this semester, they've been doing the parables of Matthew. And so the kids get up, and and, and I'm telling you, Art, it is just extraordinary. I sit there in tears. I'm just I'm a oh. very proud father who gets to watch these kids and listen to them and they have just literally knocked it out of the park. There's been some soft spoken ones that I was a little nervous about and they got up there and I'm telling you, and I don't throw this word around. I don't even like the word necessarily, but there's an anointing that I've sensed in, in these kids that has just been extraordinary. And that's been fun to witness and to be able to empower them. My, my sort of my theme, my personal theme for the year was fan the flames. Don't pull the reins. So these kids are on fire, and I think I want to I want to fan the flames, see what they're capable of. Instead of constantly pulling them back, let's see what they can do. And they've done extraordinary, more than I could have ever hoped or dreamed. And so it's just been a privilege to be able to step back and watch what these kids do. I mean, there's been some Tuesdays where I get to chapel and and I and I'm trying to help, and Reggie just looks at me like I got this. And it's like <laughs> you do, you got this. And I have to step back. That's awesome. And I'm reminded that, he, and he has literally owned this chap, the chapel service on Tuesdays. And I just am so amazed at what they've done. Mm -hmm. And it's just been a blessing yeah. to watch. So I, I'm just kind of along for the ride in some of these things. <laughs> I know. do have, I literally have the card that says I can knock on any professor's door and check on them. It's really kind of fun. Nice. And I do that a lot. I like knocking <laughs> on the door on campus, but hey, how are you doing? What are you, what's going on? How are you doing? What's happening? We, and, you know, you got to realize we have a lot of sports teams so I can connect with coaches. Yes. Connect with the students because I have a football background um, and I, you know, kind of, I speak jock. 
you know, <laughs> and, and I speak Bible. So I kind of have the languages, you know, fairly, I have a handle on them. And so that makes it kind of easy to connect with the kids. And honestly, I love going to events and supporting them. Last yeah. night we went to men's volleyball. They were so great. It was just was fun to cheer them on. And we have softball tomorrow and baseball tomorrow. So I love getting out and even watching the tennis team when I can and sand volleyball this <laughs> spring. I, I just get out and I'm a fat cheerleader. So I'm just out there <laughs> screaming and yelling. I'll lose my voice. Um, Travis, I so, want to ask you about your book, uh, The Family Quarter, uh, Family Quarter, Every Man's quarterback. Play, uh, a quarterback, Every Man's Playbook for Effective Leadership. How did that so, come about? Yeah, and, you know that was one of those things where, um, honestly, I've always wanted to write a book, and I had pushed away from this identity as an athlete for quite a while. When we got to Arizona, it's like everywhere I went, it was, "Hey, Travis is a former starting quarterback in Nebraska," and that was my identity, and I sort of resented it, which was funny. And so I kind of, you know, it's just weird. I didn't want that to be my identity. Nobody, you know, said, hey, this is Travis. He's kept his marriage together. You know, Harry, that's what I wanted to be. But it was always about, you know, being an athlete. And that was a, a thing. And so I distanced myself probably for 20 years with that identity. And um, it occurred to me one day that the Lord said, you know, I brought you through that for a reason. Mm -hmm. And um, you, you the, the book you need to write needs to be a, a book that's football oriented because men will read that. They're not going to read a relational book uh, that necessarily, but they might read a book that has to do with football using football analogies. Yeah. And um, so Carol and I went to a writer's conference, which I, I had to laugh because I like, we're getting in the car to go to this conference. I go, well, what do you want out of this conference? She goes, I want it to change our life. I'm like, what? <laughs> our life needed changing. She goes, and so I had been stuck with this book for years. And um, literally, we left the conference without going into detail. I came home. I cried like a baby for three days. Mm. I had never been to a Christian conference where the egos were checked at the door wow. like this place. And Bob Goff was the last speaker. And that dude just inspired me. Mm. And uh, I came home and I literally wrote the whole book, you know, in three weeks wow. went through. I mean, it was, it was crazy. The Lord just kind of put the whole, he mapped it together. I still have people tell me excerpts from the book and I'm like, I don't even remember, you know? <laughs> so it's, it is kind of funny. It's so it, it's just one of those things. It's just part of our life and using football analogies, stories from football and hopefully in a way that guys can get their handle on. Like one of the illustrations I used is, you know, we needed to learn to have time together to learn to communicate with clarity. You know, we're changing all the time. And as a couple, if we're not meeting together, um, we're going to grow apart. There's just no two ways about it. And yeah. when I'm sitting with a couple, the first time I seen the last time when you guys sat down for 30 minutes of undivided attention and they're like, yeah, they can't even remember the last time they did that. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a foundational principle that I was taught was to have 30 minutes of undivided attention. So in the book, I call those huddles. We need to huddle. Nice. If we're not huddling, um, we, we don't know what the play is. How can we run a play as a couple? And to really understand that we're no longer an individual, but you're a part of something mm -hmm. bigger, grander than yourself. When you get married, you're one yeah. in body and in spirit. And if you're not spending time on building that communication base, uh, things get really clunky along the way. And unfortunately in our culture right now, uh, divorce is just, uh, it's just an easy mm -hmm. um, thing to do and something that we uh, kind of default to, and it's yeah. sad. But yeah. So uh, the ministry, Divine Romance Ministries, 
is a branch of what you're talking about? Yeah, so uh, we were a part of another organization for many years, and um, things just kind of got clunky near the end. And so I was, <laughs> I wanted to go back into just, you know, I tried to stay out of ministry for a long, long time. Was the, the bottom line of that story? The Lord kept putting business opportunities in front of me. I had a home inspection business, I had a real estate business, so I could do these businesses while still doing ministry. Um, and the Lord kind of kept. Shut, trying to create a more narrow avenue for me to be in uh, ministry. And so I had a guy say, you need to start your own 501c3. And I'm like, no, I don't. He goes, yes, you do. I go, no, I don't. <laughs> he sent me, then, he, then he sent me a big check. And he said, "Here's I, will, I want to sow seed into this thing. I went, oh, Lord. So <laughs> we started Divine Romance. And he goes, you need, to, you need to get a 501c3 and you need to write your book. And that was in 2012. And uh, I didn't, you know, Two years later, I finally did the book in 2014, but we started um, and we had been meeting with people for 30 years and people still wanted to meet with us. Next thing you know, we start getting a lot of young couples who wanted premarital counseling. So we started meeting with them and and basically when the phone rings, I just say yes. And and people go, well, how much do you charge? I said, nothing. Nothing. I said, if you want to give to our ministry, great, but. I'm not, I, I told the Lord when this whole thing started, so I'm not asking for money. I, I, I just can't. I love the phrase that probably came out of that ministry, always be present. You know, it was funny because you asked me, you know, give me three words to describe. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, that was hard. Right? <laughs> that wasn't. So I, 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 and I, it's not so much divine romance, but it's kind of what we're doing now. And I think what we're, what our lives are about right now is always be present because, you know, we're, we're living in holy moments and in divine appointments. And we get to meet with and talk with eternal beings every day. And I I think we underestimate just how much influence and power we have um, on the, the eternal souls that we get to encounter each and every day. Yeah. Uh, I had a young man in my office the other day, just looked at me and goes, can I get a hug? Oh. I'm like, dude, get up here. <laughs> just needed a hug. Um, but the, he would even be that vulnerable to do that. Mm-hmm. How many people out there just need a smile? Right. They just need a hug. They need, they need to know that they're okay. And, and maybe it's your smile. Or maybe it's your question, hey, how can I pray for you today? What? You pray? Yeah, I pray. <laughs> you know, who knows yeah. what these eternal, I mean, every person we run into is an eternal being. That's extraordinary, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And how, and our words spiritually are life and death. That's yeah. extraordinary. Yes. So I want to. I want to always be present in that moment with those eternal beings to know I can be having an eternal impact. So and, and to me, that's just part of it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, um, I, I'm in a marriage, exactly like what you're doing, and it took me two previous marriages to find this out, and allow God to be the leader in the life in our lives, and um, and 22 years now um, has been a brand new life for me and for my bride. And uh, it, it's amazing when you, when you, if you have to go through some hurdles, go through them because it's gonna it's gonna be pay dividends at the end. And uh, I just gave my life to Christ at, uh, and I said, 
Nothing else has has worked. I, I believe in you. I know who you are, but I want you in my life. I'm not. I don't. Right. I've kept you out of my life, and that's the game changer, right? Oh yeah. I mean, without Jesus, what yeah. are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> <I know. laughs> End of the day, why why even get married, right? It's like yeah. I, I, it's like okay, you know, there, there's a reason. You know, because God's the one who created marriage to begin with. So this is going to be: Do we want to follow what what He's got for us, or or not? You know. Yeah. Well, and He has exceedingly abundantly more than we can ever hope or imagine. Oh my gosh! And and He continues to show us that daily. And when He say when exactly. He says you need me every day, He He that's 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 the truth. Because. <laughs> Amen. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um. Doggone it! This has been great, Travis and I, and we we're still uh, got about a minute and a half here. Um, you've done so much, and I, I'm so sorry that you had to be with Nebraska in the eighty. Or uh, you you were there in the good times of Nebraska, right? Yes, not oh, the we downward turn. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, thanks a lot for reminding me of that. That's your friend. Well, I am your yeah, friend. Yeah, we've had a we've had a twenty year drought, is what you know. This is, is amounting to, but you know, um, I'm hopeful. You know, yeah, I'm hopeful God's going to do His things, and 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 I, you know, football's football, and. Uh, <laughs> It is one of those things. I'm trying not to let it be, you know, own me too much. No, you know? I have a question for you. Uh, out of our listeners, uh, how can they get in touch with you if they want to talk to you? 602-980-0943 or travis.turner at arizonachristian.edu. Okay, and you're there pretty much every day. I'm pretty much here every day. And I can't believe I get to be here. I, I look at my coworkers. And I'm like, can you believe we get to do this? This is nuts, right? I can't wait to get over the calf right now and sit with kids for yeah. lunch and just and feel them out, see how they're doing, well, um, God, and be an encouragement to them. It's amazing. God bless you and uh, to you and, and your life uh, with with Carol. You are rescuers. God bless you. Thank you for being on the show. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.